Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Thanks everyone for tuning into another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Uh, I want to say thank you to the many responses I got from the last podcast on uh, coping mechanisms or healthy coping mechanisms. And we kind of unpacked a lot of things or said a lot of things in that episode. I'd like to unpack a little greater and then talk today about soul scars and uh, really uh, what we've been through, what you've been through can really be a testimony of God's faithfulness, of God's healing, rather than being a testimony of the bad things uh, or the unfair things that have happened. So uh, stick around for a few minutes here. Just uh, want to share from Ezekiel 36, 26. And, and this is really the heart of what I want to communicate today, that God has given you and I a new heart, a new spirit. Now, by default, we're broken. By default, we are cleaving to the dust. By default, we choose our sin over God every time. And this is why we need to have a healthy mindset, a coping mechanism that is really the Spirit of God moving, ministering, and healing, rather than going back to old lines, old patterns of thinking, and creating new uh, scars, or we should say new wounds, um, and living in that uh, destructive thought pattern that creates this uh, cyclical cycle of pain, of uh, just regret, and uh, and just, just despair. And this is why people may consider taking their lives is because of the depths of them are without hope. So we said last um, we said last uh, episode that there are three parts to us, the body, soul, and spirit. Our body is uh, self, our, our body is uh, world conscious, our soul is self-conscious, and our spirit is God conscious. And, and our soul really plays an active will. There's five parts of the soul. We have uh, the three consciences, the mind and the will. So, I mean, you have the conscious mind that we, the, how we've said what's happening in real time, real responses, uh, what we're uh, discovering at the moment, our subconscious just below the surface there, uh, where moods, triggers, psychic noise, all kinds of things are moving and can be very unsettling, a murky place it can be if uh, things are not resolved. And then we said the very base of us the unconscious mind is the long-term storage a place where things have been rooted in our lives based on believing the truth then there's a healthy response or believing a lie uh, things in our life that have uh, either been too painful to deal with and they've been forgotten in the depths of our of our of our abyss if we could say of the heart uh, way down deep in us uh, maybe there has been abuse maybe there has been um, just pain, maybe there's been um, a wrong self-image, maybe there's a just this idea of what greatness is way down deep uh, in our unconscious. And, and what happens is we begin to unconsciously act out the lie, act out the, the broken self-image, we begin to act out 
this place of pain. And there's a term I'd like to say that we become attached or married to our wounds, our wounds. And we've all had accidents where an accident where we've uh, split the skin or really damaged ourselves. I remember I was in a very significant motorcycle accident when I was a teenager and I was four days in the hospital and they were pulling gravel out of my back, my legs, my shoulders. And and what was happening was there was so much, um, uh, you know, my my skin level it, it went way down into the into several layers of my skin and it took a lot to clean out and to treat so there wouldn't be an infection well in us in our spiritual life in our day-to-day -day life how we process knowledge is so important because without a true filter without god's mind things can fester there's a very interesting verse in psalm 38 verse 5 that says if I don't treat my wounds, then they will fester and they will become infected and they will create a, a tremendous issue. As we know uh, in our, and just health wise, if we don't treat a wound correctly, we can, uh, it can go to our whole body and we can become septic, sept, septus, um, septic, I should say. And then that way, uh, something small then has become much larger and, and maybe even may kill us. So. How do we deal with, again, uh, coping mechanisms in, in this sense as a believer? We never want to deny what's happening. We don't want to give, uh, we don't want to blame others because that's a self-defense mechanism when, we, when we're not accountable. We just blame others and we live in this victim mentality. And what happens is the more I keep repeating those things and blaming others without dealing with the root cause, what happens? My wound, your wound uh, it does not heal. It does not become a scar in the sense where it becomes a trophy of the faithfulness of God and the healing of God. And there's really a message from our pain, but instead it just oozes and it becomes infected. Now, in Isaiah chapter one, three through six, it talks about our whole head being sick and our from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, we are full of sores. We are full of brokenness. Um, verse six and seven in particular. And then it says in Jeremiah 17, nine, that our heart is deceitful and wicked, who can know it? So this, this ridiculous thought of following our heart, following our feelings, following our gut, really is a dangerous place because we may feel something, but it may be totally wrong because our feelings can lie to us. Our feelings can project hurt and and we're not looking at it from an objective place. And therefore we're only looking for relief. We're only looking for um, just a numbing so that we don't have to hurt anymore. We don't have to hurt anymore. That's why uh, in counseling, I mean, uh, there, there are people that use different coping mechanisms and what happens, whatever the vice, they wake up more empty. They are uh, more hurting after the sense of, after the act or whatever it is. Uh, there's a sense of emptiness, uh, wantonness, and God is saying, listen, your wound is incurable. Your wound is incurable in, in Nahum 319. Your wound is incurable without me, without me. You can be a functioning addict. You can be a functioning um, person that uh, does what they do to alleviate the edge. But listen, the bottom line is without Christ, 
<clears throat> the wound will still be there. It'll become more infected. It'll infect our language. It'll infect our, our, our capacity to believe for something good to happen. It'll infect our relationships. We'll become a toxic person. We'll become a narcissistic person. Uh, we'll become a self-absorbed person. Why? Because way down deep in us, there's something broken. And this is where the new heart and the new spirit come in that really transform that long-term storage. It's like the pod that we throw all our junk in. God's like saying, I want to go in that. I want to clean it out. I want to speak to it. I want to bring life to you. I want to bring life to the dead areas. Uh, it's so interesting in 1 Timothy 5, 6, it says the one who lives in pleasure is dead already. So if if I'm a hedonist and I'm just living for pleasure to cope with the stresses of, jo of the job, the broken relationship, uh, maybe the blended family that's not really blending so well, uh, all of this, we have to go deep with God and say, Lord, like we said last time, I am going to collapse in your arm. I'm going to let the word, I'm going to apply the word of God and let you do the deep healing. So Ezekiel 36, 26, and this is a process. I, I don't want to sound like a magic wand here that everything's going to be glorious, but just as, as disease has happened to the body, the years of uh, mistreatment or, gen, or genetic issues, uh, it takes time as we mix faith and keep applying the word and keep drawing near to healthy uh, relationships, these wounds will be bound up. God says, I will bind up the brokenhearted. And what happens is we may have a scar. We may have something that shows where we've been, but those scars are glorious. Why? Because we're not living there anymore. We're not a prisoner there anymore. We're no longer in a place of regret, remorse, but instead we're saying, okay, I learned something the hard way here. Uh, that is not the end of my story. Failure is not final, but instead my unconscious has been cleaned out because the word has been applied. My subconscious is now, I'm not a moody wreck. I'm not a uh, anger, uh, a walking time bomb, but instead my conscious, my heart is clean in Psalm 51. And in Psalm 51, 6 and verse 8 as well, uh, we have truth on the inward parts. And this, we then we can begin to speak to ourselves in Psalm 13, 2. Soul, why are you disquieted with me? What is your problem? What is going on? Oh, yes, this person did that. Yes, in the past that happened. Yes, I don't trust anybody because of this happened. Or I have trouble maybe uh, with my body image or my self-image or <clears throat> my identity is in what I do. And therefore, I'm a workaholic or a perfectionist trying to, to please the inner drive of our own selves. And God is saying, this is not how I've intended you to live. I've not intended you to live as a prisoner. I've intended you to live as a free man and a free woman. Well, I, I love this in 3626. It says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will take the heart, the heart of stone out of your out of your flesh and give you a heart of the flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. So what is God saying? If you let me in, I'm knocking at your door in Revelations 3:20. If you let me in, if you come out of the hiding, come out of the isolation, if you come out of the the being sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're just saying, okay, God, I surrender to you. 
I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let you love me. I'm going to let you speak to the brokenness of who I am. And God will take your, he'll exchange your pain for life. He'll exchange your pain for hope. He'll exchange your pain for purpose. He'll exchange your despair for a new way of thinking. He begins to rewire us. He says, I will do it. I will give it to you. I will do it. Because listen, let's be honest, we cannot change ourselves, our behavioralisms are temporary, and <clears throat> God is saying, I'll give you contentment. I'll give you contentment even without the relationship that you want. And when you don't need that relationship, maybe it's ready that God will give you a relationship, because now your priorities and your heart is given fully to God. Maybe things are not where you want them to be in your relationships. <clears throat> Maybe in your job or maybe in communication, there are things that just fester. God is saying, don't let that fester and be like that pot full of water and the heat's being cranked up and it, the, the cover's starting to boil and all of a sudden it blows off. And then an innocent person gets the wrath, your wrath. And then people's like, whoa, I don't want to be around that person because they are, they're out of control. <clears throat> like, why does a person yell? It's because they don't believe anyone's listening to them. Maybe deep in their past, their father or their mother uh, were very strong with them and they uh, felt like they were never nurtured or heard. Well, let's listen to one another. Let's take the time and process love and care one with another. Let's reflect back and spend the time. And what happens over time? God binds the wounds. Now, again maybe things are not going to be rosy and maybe things are not going to be exactly like we uh we fantasize or think they'll be but god is saying i'm going to change you in the process i'm going to clean up that long-term storage i'm going to get rid of the rottenness and i'm going to clean out your subconscious so that you can dream with me i'm going to give you a heart vision I'm, uh, uh, an idea of a, you're going to have clean imaginations rather than vain imaginations. I mean, have you talked with someone and maybe they hear you and they imagine something else or they hear you through a different filter or worse yet, you say one thing and they think you're meaning something totally different and then they communicate something you never said or did or meant. This happens all the time. What is that? That's vain imaginations in Psalm 2.1. And what is that? We are broken and we, you know, we have a piece of glass in our hand and it's, if we don't get rid of that glass, the more we move it around, we get cut and it keeps cutting us. And, and glass is, uh, glass is one of those things that you have to address that in, in your soul and, and say, God, I'm not going to try to change this. I'm going to surrender it to you because I know your unconditional nature, your relentless nature, your unilateral decision to love regardless of, of response, is consistent. That is certain. That is what the healing agent is. And then what happens? God takes away the stoniness and he gives us a tenderness. He gives us a compassion and he gives us a care and empathy that we would never have experienced outside of the work of the Holy Spirit. So whatever you're using today to cope with, um, stop, think about it, say, listen, uh, this is never going to meet the real need. Lord, I want to get time with you. I want to get time with a counselor. I want to get time with edifying people. I want to get time in my Bible. I want to get time in prayer. And uh, and by the way, our feelings lie to us. So don't let your feelings, I don't feel like doing that, or I don't desire to do that. I remember one lady 
said, she goes, I don't feel like forgiving my husband. Well, I said, well, obedience says to forgive your husband means you yourself are no longer a prisoner. So do it by faith and God will give you the desire to continue to do it. And she did that. And guess what happened? There was uh, a great reconciliation in that marriage, not because she felt like it, but because she obeyed truth. And uh, that can be used in a lot of ways of, uh, of illustration. So what are the wounds today? Maybe we're so familiar with what with what's bad that's happened to us that we forget that God is something good to give us. He wants to surprise you with his goodness. Let God bind the wounds today. Uh, be honest, be transparent, be vulnerable with someone that you trust that can give you godly counsel. First and foremost, let go to God. In 23.1 of Psalm, let him be your shepherd. And let's get rid of all these toxic things in our in our unconscious and our subconscious so that our our now can be healthy we can enjoy now we can enjoy now and not live in scarcity thinking like oh is this going to be enough and am i going to be enough or i'm not sure if this is going to work and that double-mindedness will make you and i uh, on the crazy train it really will but if we live in abundant thinking if what i have is with god then it's enough regardless of how much or how little it's going to be enough and God begins to bind the wounds. And when I look or you look at circumstances in your life, you can say, I see the faithfulness of God. I see the glory of God. Uh, it hurt. It hurt like the Dickens. It was a terrible situation. It was bad. But that's not the end of the story. It is God has brought you and I through deep valleys so we can be a ministry to others, to help others get unstuck, to help others get out of their prison, to uh, help others have a new perspective in Christ. So this is part two, and I hope it blessed you. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.